Janna's cheeks burned, and he fought the urge to defend himself. The toothy cow drills had been a daily occurrence since her arrival at Pete's treehouse, and the children had gradually stopped shrieking in panic whenever Podo's hollers disturbed the otherwise quiet wood. Since Janna had learned he was a throne warden, he had tried to take his responsibility to protect the king seriously. His mother's stories about Pete's dashing reputation as a throne warden in Aniera made Janna proud of the ancient tradition of which he was part. The trouble was that he was supposed to protect his younger brother, Tink, who happened to be the High King. It wasn't that Janna was jealous, he had no wish to rule anything, but sometimes it felt odd that his skinny, reckless brother was, of all things, a king much less the king of the fabled Shining Isle of Aniera. Janna stared out the window at the forest as Podo droned on, telling him about his responsibility to protect his brother, about the many dangers of Glipwood Forest, about what Janna should have done differently during this most recent cow drill. Janna missed his home. In the early days after they had fled the town of Glipwood and arrived at Pete's castle, Janna's sense of adventure was wide awake. He thrilled at the thought of the long journey to the ice prairies, so excited he could scarcely sleep. When he did sleep, he dreamt of wide sweeps of snow and the stars so sharp and bright they would draw blood at a touch. But weeks had passed, he didn't know how many, and his sense of adventure was fast asleep. He missed the rhythm of life at the cottage. He missed the hot meals, the slow change of the land as the seasons turned, and the family of birds that nested in the crook above the door, where he, Tink, and Lily would inspect the tiny blue eggs each morning and each night. Then the chicks. And then one day they would look in sad wonder at the empty nest and ask themselves where the birds had gone. But those days had passed away, as sure as the summer, and whether he liked it or not, home was no longer the cottage. It wasn't Pete's treehouse, either. He wasn't sure he had a home any more. Podo kept talking, and Janna felt again that hot frustration in his chest when told things he already knew. But he held his tongue. Grown-ups couldn't help it. Podo and his mother would hammer a lesson into his twelve-year-old head until he felt beaten silly, and there was no point in fighting it. He sensed Podo's rant coming to an end and forced himself to listen. This is a dangerous place, this forest, and many a man has been gobbled up by some critter because he weren't paying close enough attention. Yes, sir, Janna said as respectfully as possible. Podo grinned at him and winked and Janna smiled back in spite of himself, it occurred to him that Podo knew exactly what he'd been thinking. Podo turned to Tink. Truly fine shot, boy, and the drawing of the fang on that board is fine work. Thanks, Grandpa, Tink said, his stomach growled. When can we eat breakfast? Listen, lad, Podo said. He lowered his bushy eyebrows and leveled a formidable glare at Tink. When your brother tells ye to come, ye drop what you're doing like it's on fire. Tink gulped. You follow that boy over the cliffs and into the dark sea if he tells you to. You're the High King, which means you've got to start thinking of more than yourself. Janna's irritation drained away, as did the color in Tink's face. He liked not being the only one in trouble. 
though he felt a little ashamed of the pleasure he took in watching Tink squirm. Yes, sir, Tink said. Bodo stared at him so long that he repeated, Yes, sir. You okay, lass? Bodo turned with a smile to Lily. She nodded and put some of her wavy hair behind one ear. Grandpa, when are we leaving? All eyes in the treehouse looked at her with surprise. The family had spent weeks in relative peace in the forest, but that unspoken question had grown more and more difficult to avoid as the days passed. They knew they couldn't stay forever. Nag the Nameless and the fangs of Dang still terrorized the land of Scree, and the shadow they cast covered more of Airwheel with every passing day. It was only a matter of time before that shadow fell again on the Igibis. We need to leave soon, Nia said, looking in the direction.